It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. You know, we all have our favorite places where we get to go to and one of mine is definitely alaska i just love the last frontier i love the wildlife i love the natural beauty and i love the fishing and i think my favorite place that i get to go to in alaska is sportsman's cove lodge we talk about it all the time on this show they're a longtime sponsor and this lodge located in a secluded cove on prince of wales island not far from ketchikan in southeast alaska is truly my happy place and we're going to tell you all about it today as we head to Sportsman's Cove Lodge. You're going to hear from my daughter because I got to take her for the third time and I'll tell you what there is nothing better than father-daughter or father-son time especially when they get to college age and they might not be so interested in spending time with dad anymore but we always enjoy this trip together and this one just like every other one was a ton of fun you'll hear from faith cruz in just a minute who will tell you more about how things go at sportsman's cove lodge on a daily basis we also got to go fishing with the mchenry's and the mcleans for three days on our boat and terry mclean who is a petite woman who loves to fish well this petite woman reeled in a monster halibut that weighed in at 121 pounds. She'll tell you all about that battle, too. Somebody else we'll talk to is our captain, Brian Williamson. He hails from Florida. He's up here for his second season, had a great time fishing with him, and he's going to tell you all about mooching for salmon and the history of mooching as a technique for salmon, too, something that originated in the Pacific Northwest. Finally, we'll be talking to the owner of the lodge, Larry McQuarrie, who everyone just calls Captain Mac. We're going to ask Captain Mac about his story because it's an amazing story of how he went from a small town boy who started off as a commercial fisherman in his teens to owning one of the finest lodges in North America. But before we talk to Captain Mac, let's talk to my daughter, Faith. Next on America Outdoors Radio, I've got a very special guest for you today. It's my daughter, Faith Cruz. We're sitting here on the deck of the Saltry Pub, looking over the marina where we just came back from a wonderful day of fishing at Sportsman's Cove Lodge on Prince of Wales Island in Alaska. Faith, I hope you had as good of a day as I did. I definitely did. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how the day went. First off, yesterday was tough, but today, boy oh boy, things changed, didn't they? Yeah, they definitely did. We started off by hitting the halibut grounds. We definitely were able to reel up quite a few. I got, I think, three or four, but the first two were super tiny. Other ones were around like 10 pounds-ish. But yesterday, somebody reeled up a 120-pound halibut, and I reeled up one that was about 70 pounds, which was pretty crazy. Yes, it was crazy indeed. I told you, when you reeled up your halibut, that's the biggest halibut I'd seen reeled up to the boat in my life. And right after that, Terry McLean, who you're going to hear from later in the show, she got this 120 and 125 pound fish absolutely amazing oh and one thing i should add about the halibut you might reel up a bunch but you only get to keep one per angler so even on a great halibut fishing day like we had you only get to keep one per angler you don't get any more than that unless you're willing to pay for one that's called a gaff fish and terry mclean again that we're going to speak to shortly will explain more about that program 
But let's talk about how today went. Today, again, uh, we got the halibut. We picked up a few true cod out there, and before the day ended, we decided to try our hand at some salmon fishing, and you, once again, got a nice king salmon. Yeah, it was definitely not as big as some of the other ones I had caught, but it was still 15 and a half pound king salmon. It was definitely good to, when we were mooching, we immediately felt that dead weight, and I was like, okay, I got something on, and it started fighting the second that we got to the boat, and it kept on running and running, but we eventually got it in. You know, you've been with me in Canada. You've been with me on other trips where we have trolled for salmon. And you've been up here to Sportsman's Cove Lodge where you're mooching for salmon, much more hands-on. Which do you prefer and why? I definitely prefer the mooching just because you're more involved in it. It's not really just kind of sitting there and waiting. You're definitely, it's a more hands-on approach, as you said. All in all, a very good day. And by the way, we were greeted with a crab boil upon our return. Always one of my favorite events here at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Eating crab and shrimp and potatoes and sausage and corn on the cob right there at the dock. All sorts of fun. And that's just the appetizer before dinner. Let's go ahead, you and I. And tell our listeners a little bit about the routine, the schedule here, how it all works at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. And I guess we'll start off with the flight from Seattle, because wherever you're coming from, unless you're coming from Alaska, uh, you're going to be going to Seattle first. So you catch a flight to Ketchikan. What happens next? So once you get into Ketchikan, you usually take a float plane in from Taquan Air. We were not able to because there was a lot of fog and it was pretty windy, rainy. So we ended up taking boats in, which took a bit, but it was definitely still a rewarding experience. Once you get in, there's a lot of appetizers. The deckhands immediately greet you and they immediately take your luggage up the stairs to your rooms. You get to know the people on your boat, your captains, the other people in the lodge, and you get to have a really, really nice dinner. And then in the next morning, you start getting ready to fish. One thing that I really like, and I know you do too, is the fact that you're fishing with the same captain, the same deckhand, and the same, in our case, other four people. There's six per boat every single day. So you really get to know them and become friends with them. Yeah, that's true. Definitely some really good friends that I've met through my few years up here. So you go fishing in the morning, you have a a nice breakfast, it's a nice hot breakfast, you come on down, you get on your rain gear they have for you, you hop in the boat, you do your fishing, you do your halibut, you go after your salmon, you come back, what happens next? So they immediately take pictures with everybody and their fish. They also weigh the fish to see who got the biggest ones. And then during dinner that night, the people who got the biggest fish of the day, they get coffee cups and sometimes caps as well, depending on how big the fish was. And yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's really, really rewarding for sure. As a matter of fact, you're wearing one of the hats you just got last night, the Alaska Halibut 50-pound club hat. Congratulations on your halibut that weighed probably about 60, 70 pounds. Thank you. Appreciate it. We have to mention a certain rivalry that has been going on here. Now, my first year at Sportsman's Cove Lodge was 2018, and I had the distinct pleasure of fishing with Rob Gottlieb. He's a retired Delta Airlines pilot now. He was still working then, and his dad, true living legend, Bink Gottlieb, who we've talked about before on the show. If you want to find out more, ask me. I'll tell you. He is an amazing man. But Rob and I had a great time, and in 2019 was the first year you came with me, and you caught the biggest king salmon of the entire summer. How big was that? It was 37 and a half pounds. Well, Rob caught the second biggest salmon. How big was his? About 32 pounds, I believe. So 
unbeknownst to us, Rob has harbored this secret envy for years now that he's been trying to work through. And this year, he came the same week that we did. And we saw him at SeaTac Airport, and he was wearing a jacket. Because when you're first and second place, they actually give you a free trip back to Sportsman's Cove Lodge if you catch the biggest salmon or the biggest halibut. And they give you a jacket, too. So tell me about his jacket, and tell me about your jacket. So first of all, they're really nice jackets. Uh, They got some really nice insulation. They're definitely for the rain and also just for the snow, although you don't have to deal with that up here, of course. Um, But the main difference is on the front, it has your name, the species of fish that you got, and uh, whether you got first or second place. And mine says first and his says second. And you kind of pointed that out to him, didn't you? Uh, I definitely did. (laughs) However... He got you back yesterday, didn't he? He absolutely did. He proceeded to roast me in front of the entire lodge during what was once a lovely dinner. (laughs) It was a lovely dinner, by the way. The the cod fish and chips were delicious, as was the clam chowder. But you were presented with your, you know, hat for the 50-pound halibut club. And then it was Rob's turn to take a talk, and it turned out he got a halibut that was... Uh, 82 pounds, if I remember correctly. Yes, and just as you said to him that, you know, your jackets were similar, but yours was first and his was second, he made a similar remark to you about the halibut hat, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He wanted to point out in front of everyone that his said the 75-pound club and mine said the 50-pound club. I love this rivalry, folks. All good-natured fun. But, folks, there's just so much fun you're going to have here at Sportsman's Cove Lodge, whether you're making new friends, whether you're enjoying the delicious food, whether you're just getting out here with the fishing, and oh, by the way, we got to mention the wildlife. There was whales out there today. We've been seeing eagles like crazy. And how many bears did we see today? Uh, we saw one on the beach today. And we also saw one yesterday right at the cove, which was really, really cool. Black bears, cool things to see here. Some of the many things you're going to see here, along with the amazing wilderness scenery you're going to find here in southeast Alaska, around Prince of Wales Island, and around Saltry Cove, where you're going to find Sportsman's Cove Lodge. We've got to go. We've got one more day tomorrow. I hope the rivalry between you and Rob continues in this wonderful, good-natured way, and that you both catch a lot of fish. Yeah, I definitely got a surprise for him planned for dinner tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm really hoping that we can both catch some good fish. All right, folks, stick around. We're going to have more for you from Sportsman's Cove Lodge right after this short break. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Country hunters and anglers. You may have heard of us, but what are we about? BHA is the voice for your wild public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to boots on the ground projects like public land cleanups, 
we work across North America to uphold the legacy of our public lands and waters, as well as your opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on them. Stand up for public lands and waters and become a BHA member today. Visit backcountryhunters.org. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we are broadcasting from the cabin of the showgirl, a 37-foot boat that's out in the inside passage between Prince of Wales Island and Ketchikan, Alaska. We are fishing right now for lingcod out here, and earlier we were fishing for halibut, and we've had some pretty good luck for halibut today, but not compared to yesterday when we got in some real big ones, and the biggest one of all was caught by the person that's right in front of me, Terry McLean. Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So Terry, you hail from South Lake near the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas, and they say everything's bigger in Texas, and apparently so are the fish that the anglers catch there too. Yes. (laughs) And I got to put this in, in comparison here, folks. You are how tall and how much do you weigh? Questions a man is never supposed to ask, but they're important here. Yeah, and I don't mind answering. Five feet, uh, 105 pounds. And let's talk about that halibut that you caught. We're going to talk more in detail in a minute, but I can tell you folks that halibut was about 65 inches long, and how much did it weigh? 120. So that halibut was taller than Terry. That halibut weighed more than Terry. In just a minute, we're going to tell you how she caught it. But before we do, kind of want to get into your backstory. You're here with your husband, Todd. Uh, Todd is, it's actually his birthday today. today. Yes, so happy birthday, Todd. He's out there trying to catch fish while we're talking here. I just made him a ham ham and grilled cheese sandwich on the cook stove in the cabin. That's right, folks. They got all the amenities. That's, that's that's Todd's birthday cake. It's a grilled grilled ham and cheese sandwich, but he loved it. Trust me on this. Let's talk a little bit about the places that you and Todd have been, because you love to literally fish all over the world, don't you? We do. We have fished here three times in the Bristol Bay area, but we love it here. The lodge here is incredible. Well, before we talk about the lodge here, let's continue with your world travel. So you've been up in Bristol Bay, Alaska. You've fished up there. You've done some fly fishing up there. But you fished down south, too, haven't you? Yes. I have the Abacos, of course, Florida, Louisiana, Venice, Louisiana, Costa Rica, Puerto Rica, Mexico, Cabo, many, many years we've done that. And I believe that's about it. Did I cover it all? Uh, I think you did. And along the way, uh, you've caught some pretty big fish. What are some of the species you've caught and how big? We've caught marlin, sailfish, dorado, and of course your Florida fish, uh, redfish, snapper. One day in uh, in Cabo, we were there uh, in the fall months and we hooked up 14 marlin in one day and got seven to the boat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is absolutely incredible. So All day of it. That is something else. Well, let's tee up yesterday. Uh, It was a rough morning in terms of the weather. The fishing was pretty slow. We made a move, got out of the weather, and it still wasn't fast and furious, but my daughter actually had a big takedown and got a a really nice halibut that was probably around 70 pounds or so, and not long after that, you got the big takedown. Tell us about the fight. Well, I thought I was on bottom because we were drifting, but then when... The rod went right to left. I knew that I had a fish, and so I was very excited. And it took, uh, what, about 45 minutes, wouldn't you say? Uh, It took a long time to get that fish in. It was probably about 45 minutes. You're right. Yeah, it was exciting. And a lot of work. 
Oh, well, it was a lot of work. And you did the work. <laughs> yeah. But I think the most exciting part was when we got it to the boat, because that's when we saw how big it was. You know, again, folks, 65 inch. This is almost a five and a half foot long halibut that weighs 120, 125 pounds. And now the big question is, how are you and your husband, who's got a gaff in one hand, and the deckhand who's got a gaff, and the captain... A surprise. Yes, who has a surprise. He, yes, he spoke about the uh, they were going to shoot it, but I thought it was some kind of electrical shock. <laughs> it was an actual gun. And so I jumped, of course, and then they uh, opened the rail and dragged it in. Well, they were, thought they were going to have to shoot it again, but they were able to knock it in the head a couple times. Well, that was a big lift, folks. So again, that 410 shotgun to the head was what got it. Didn't kill it, by the way, immediately. And then your husband and the deckhand use the gaffs and literally are leaning back as hard as they can to haul this thing in. And it is flopping on the deck like nobody's business. And I don't know about you, but I wanted to keep clear of that monster. That yes. could do some damage to a person. Yes, it could. Yes, it could. And it actually stayed alive for like 30 more minutes after it was in the ice bucket. Yeah, no, it was it was a monster of a fish, a hard fighting fish, and it wasn't given up for anybody. Yeah. So I got to ask. Let's talk next about this because in Alaska the regulations are a little weird. So when it comes to halibut, if it's under forty inches, you can keep it no problem. Right. If it's over eighty inches, you can keep it no problem. But to right. be honest, folks, those really really big ones don't eat as well. But this in the middle, it eats well, and they have a program called the Gaff Program, which was explained to you. How does that work? Well, with a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, the state of Alaska has a program. This is a a partnership between the charter fleet and the commercial fleet, where the commercial fleet will give up some of their catch in return for cash. So this fish was a $525 fish. And so you had to make the decision, do you want to spend $525 for a 120-pound halibut in your decision? I kept it. Absolutely. You kind of had to after you shot it. So that decision was made before it came in the boat. But there's four of you here. You came as a party of four, so that's going to be just great. Right. We'll just split it and split the meat, and we're going to have halibut for a year. (laughs) Well, good for you on that. You've caught a bunch of fish today, too. You know, what made you pick Sportsman's Cove Lodge in terms of coming here this year? Well, actually, the couple that we're with, he did a lot of research. And, you know, we've already done the Bristol Bay and all the rivers, fly fishing. So we really don't do a lot of cast fishing. And we wanted to try that. And so we said, yes, let's go. Let's do this. So we planned it in January, and here we are. And how have you liked the experience so far? I love it. Well, tell me what some of the things you like, whether it be the food or the customer well, service the or what. the food is incredible. The wait staff, I mean, all the staff is amazing and very helpful. The captains are all great, and the fishing's perfect. It's been a great time indeed, and we're not done yet. Yeah. We've got another day yeah. and a half to go. So, Terry, yeah. fully expect you to be catching some salmon next. Yes, I hope. That's one thing I'm missing, is salmon. Well, that's probably I the next thing we'll go li- after. Yeah, we're a little early on that, I think. But that's okay. I love halibut. There you go. And that's the great thing about being here, folks. If the the salmon aren't biting and the bite's been a little off this year so far, but don't worry, it's coming. It always does. You fish for halibut. You fish for cod. You fish for lingcod. And they're all tasty. Yes, they are. All right. On that note, we have got to go. But, Terry, congratulations. Happy birthday to you out there, Todd, who we can see, but he can't hear us. And let's you and I get back to some fishing. Yes, let's do it. Thank you so much for the interview. Absolutely. And folks, again, you can find out more about fishing at Sportsman's Cove Lodge by going to alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Stick around. We're going to bring you more from the waters of Alaska right after this short break. 
Captain Brian dispatched that big halibut with a 410 shotgun, but I'll tell you what, I know he was wishing he had a second shot for that single shot shotgun, and he might want to look into the Lever Action Axe 410 from Henry Repeating Arms. It is a downsized 410 bore lever action shotgun only measures 16 inches long because most of the stock is off of it. However, it does carry five shotgun rounds, is perfectly legal to use, and be perfect to have on a boat if you are a guide who has to dispatch halibut from time to time, and those big ones sometimes take more than one shot. So, if you are looking for a compact lever action 410 shotgun, the Lever Action X 410 is for you. It is made in America. It comes with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee, and it's rugged and reliable, will stand up to all the rough and tumble action you put it through. Find out more about the Lever Action Axe 410 at henryusa.com. Look for a dealer near you, and don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalogs, too. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We continue to broadcast from Sportsman's Cove Lodge on Prince of Wales Island in southeast Alaska. And we are with the owner, Captain Larry Mac McQuarrie. And he's got an incredible story that I want to share with you today. Captain Mac, great to have you back on the air. Good to be with you, John. Always. We've touched on parts of your story over the years as we talk about the lodge and how this lodge came to be, but I really want to run through your life because to me it's so interesting how you came from where you were as a boy to where you are now at the age of 82 owning this lodge. And let's go back to the beginning. You're a Canadian by birth and you somehow got into fishing. Well, I grew up in a town just like Ketchikan, which is all about fishing, timber, and flying because there were no roads in or out just like Ketchikan. So the main means of communications was airplanes and boats, and I grew up with all of that stuff. What town was that? That's Powell River, British Columbia, just across from Vancouver Island. It's the end of Highway 101. (laughs) All right. All right. So you start there. And were you a commercial fisherman originally? Yes. I commercial fished when I was in 
high school. I started fishing when I was 14 years old on a West Coast troller, salmon troller. So a kid at 14 out in the open ocean with a salmon troller with just, just myself and the captain. Well, at some point you decided that there were greener pastures because you joined the Navy. Right. The Canadian Navy at the time was the best way for me to combine both flying and fishing. So Okay, you got to explain this. <laughs> well, flying and fishing being the sea part of it. So the Navy is the sea part, the water part, and the flying was uh, obviously the flying part. So I joined as a pilot in the Canadian Navy. So you can't just join as a pilot. It's not like you fly Cessnas and you become a pilot in the Canadian Navy. At least I hope that's not the case. I presume you went to some sort of military school and attained the rank of officer? Yeah, I went to the Canadian, uh, what would be the Naval Academy in Victoria, British Columbia, and went through all of that and then went to flying training. Of course, the Navy always looked at you as pilots as one day we'll grow up and we'll come back to driving ships. So your training was as a ship's officer. And then after all that was done, then they sent you to pilot school. So essentially, the Navy looked at you as a naval officer being a ship's officer, and that someday that's where you would return when you grew up. So what did you fly as a pilot in the Royal Canadian Navy? A lot of older equipment, things that our generation ahead of us would fly. Like, for instance, I flew a Grumman Avenger, which is what George Bush flew. (laughs) (laughs) That's an old torpedo bomber. Exactly. Yeah. No, I didn't fly it myself. I mean, I, I flew in it and what have you. I was never a pilot of it. But we got to fly a lot of older equipment, which was pretty fun. And we trained on AT-6s, which you see now in the Reno Air Races, and the Havilland Chipmunk, which you see, I think there's some aerobatic teams that fly the, the Chipmunk. So, And then we went to fixed-wing school, and then later, and I flew fixed wings for a while, uh, meaning conventional airplanes, and then later uh, went to helicopters. I spent my last uh, four years in the Navy flying big helicopters, the big guys, uh, H-3s, which is the Navy designation, which would be a Sikorsky S-61 or the same airplane that the Jolly Greens flew in, in Vietnam, for instance. Okay. And then it sounds like you did what so many pilots do. You went from the military to becoming a commercial airline pilot, and you flew with United, didn't you? When was this going on? I left the Navy in 1966, and went to work for United and went up through the pipeline in United and ended up flying out of Anchorage, which was a freighter base of flying DC-10s, big big DC-10s, DC-10-30s. That's the one with the training wheel in the body. And uh, finished up a career in Anchorage, Alaska, flying uh, freight to the Orient and all over the world, really. And it was a great way to finish a career. You're listening to America Outdoors Radio. We're talking to Larry McQuarrie, simply known as Captain Mac, here at Sportsman's Cove Lodge on Prince of Wales Island in Alaska, about his story. And I've got to ask, so we've taken this journey from being a commercial fisherman in high school to becoming a pilot and a successful commercial airlines pilot. How do we get back to fishing in your life? Fishing never left my life. There was Fishing was always there. And everybody asks that, that same question. And fishing was always in the background. I would take uh, leave, well, not when I was in the Navy. I couldn't get away from the Navy. But uh, I finished nine years in the Navy. And when I worked for, when I worked for United, 
I was able to plan my flight schedule so I would have my summers to fish. And I went back, started actually commercial fishing. And one day, one of the charter boat captains in the harbor I was fishing out of quit. And I happened to have a license, a master's, master mariner's license from, from my Navy days. And the man that ran the charter operation came down to my boat and said, I need somebody to run a boat tomorrow. I said, I don't want to run a boat. I don't, I don't, I don't want to run a charter boat. If I wanted to run a charter boat, I'd be running a charter boat. He said, please, I need you. I need you to help me. And I said, okay, just for a few days. And at the end of the first day, coming back to the harbor at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when I normally would return at dark, if I returned at all, and with a deckhand back there cleaning my fish for me, I thought, maybe this isn't such a bad gig after all. And that was where it started, in Ocean Shores, Washington. Wow. So from Ocean Shores, you went to Westport. And folks, if you're not aware of the history of salmon fishing off the coast of Washington and Oregon and you know just the Pacific Northwest... It was booming in the 1970s, and you became part of that scene, didn't you? We did, yeah. We kind of grew a little bit at a time and ended up owning one of the larger charter offices in Westport. We had 17 big boats at the height of the the craziness that was going on down there. We used to fish 300 people a day. We had the capability of fishing, and that was just one operation. There was 20 plus more operations in Westport and 300 plus charter boats all leaving the dock in the, in the morning at the same time. We created our own smog in the morning when we were leaving. That's amazing. But unfortunately, when it comes to our salmon stocks, it's boom or bust. And that was the boom. And what was it, the early 80s? Is that when the big bust happened? Yes. Federal court decisions basically decimated all of the fisheries in Washington down as far as Cape Falcon. So, yeah, it was time to look for a new home. And in uh, 84, as I recall, the Westport area had a 12-day season. As I recall, it was four days of king salmon and eight days of coho fishing. I was pretty active in the fish politics at the time. I could see that coming. Finally, it took a long time to get that for that realization to settle in, and it was like time to move, time to go someplace where we wouldn't have these issues and start over. So, you go north to Alaska, just like those folks hoping to strike gold back during the Klondike Gold Rush, but you're looking for a lodge. I was. I was looking for a home. I was looking for an environment that was the opposite to Westport, where there was so much effort, so much competition, so much going on. I was looking for some place quiet where I could take one boat or maybe two boats and start over with our own operation. We've only got about a minute left, but then comes Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Yeah, we were six years into Alaska when we became aware of this place, and it was run down, never had a paying passenger in it, a paying guest in it. It was rotting back into the rainforest. It had been vacant for three years. It wasn't even finished, and it had 23 liens against it. It was physically and financially a disaster, but that was all I could afford. What year was this? That was 1989. So... You take the plunge. We're going to have to shorten the story here. I have no doubt it was very difficult at first. A lot of hard work, a lot of sweat equity. What does Sportsman Cove Lodge look like today? 
Today, it is one of the premier lodges in Alaska. It is one of the oldest operations in Alaska, and especially in Southeast. There's very few places that have been operating longer than us. There are a few, but very few. And we've been highly rated national TV. We're pretty much on the map. You're definitely on the map. And there's a reason, folks, they call Sportsman's Cove Lodge Alaska's Best Lodge. If you don't believe me, just go to the website, alaskasbestlodge.com. We've got to go. But folks, this is an incredible place, and it's run by an incredible man, Captain Mac. Mac, thanks so much for sharing your story with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. Great to be with you. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska is booked for the season, which means now is the time to book for next year. And you'll want to do so soon because at the end of a typical summer, the lodge is over 80% booked. The reasons? The great fishing, the wonderful location, the comfortable accommodations, the fantastic food, and the over-the-top customer service. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book today at alaskasbestlodge.com. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. For our final segment of this show, we continue to broadcast on the water. Uh, We're on board the showgirl with five other anglers and our deckhand, Saul, and our captain, Brian Williamson, fishing right now for halibut and true cod. Captain Brian, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, man. Glad to have you all on board. Well, it's been a fun morning so far, I'll tell you what. We've got uh, five halibut on board. We've cut a couple loose that just weren't big enough for us to keep because we're, you know, basically going for quality over quantity today. We've got one more to go. We've also got some true caught in the boat. It's been a good morning. That's not bad. Started out a little bit slow, but, you know, it's only, what, about 9.30 or so, and it looks good. Oh, it doesn't look bad at all, and I can't wait to go salmon fishing soon. But let's go ahead and recap the trip so far before we talk about the salmon fishing. Day one. 
you know, our, our first morning, it was about as rough out here as I've seen on my four trips. That kind of made for some tough fishing off the get-go, didn't it? It did, and it, it sat there and just hard to hold an anchor, and the anchor slips, and people are getting beat, and some people might have a little motion sickness, so to speak. So we ended up going out and trying to find us an island or someplace to get out, someplace to get out of the weather. That turned out to be a really good move because it wasn't a quantity day on day one, but it sure was a quality day. Uh, You got my daughter into a really nice halibut that was probably 60, 70 pounds. And then we hooked into the Grandy with Terry McLean getting a 120-pound fish. Do you get them that often out here that big? I have not. This has been my second year that I've been up here, and, and I think the Lodge has one that was 116 maybe so far this year but the year i spent here before we never even saw one that big well i'll tell you what that is the first time i've actually seen a halibut shot because when they're that big uh, you just can't drag them onto the boat can you uh, they flop around they probably break somebody's leg if they if they hit them just right oh i believe you i was watching it and those things they have some serious power and they're pretty much all muscle it seems nothing but a flat fish and nothing but bam 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 very good way to describe it. Well, we got under control. We got it hung up at the dock, and Terry McLean is a very happy woman with a very big fish. So that was day one. Day two, different. Came out here to the halibut grounds again, and much quicker start to the day. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I mean, to actually come in, caught the, caught the halibut. I didn't have to move. Then we went out and started trying to get something else and ended up with a, uh, a king. Went out and started mooching a little bit for the salmon, and... Uh, come up with a king we sure did you know we actually got our our halibut our six halibut it's one halibut per angler per day out here for us non-residents fishing charters so we got all that done we got a couple cod in the boat and then we headed south look for some ling cod got a couple they were both undersized though and then like you said we made the move started mooching for salmon and my daughter got a 15 and a half pound king and todd uh, mclean who's with us today he got himself a very nice silver that was about a seven and a half pounder so not a bad way to wind up yesterday was it i was very pleased i mean you got to thank the fishing god sometimes you know (laughs) well and you know everyone was happy because it was pretty much you know for all the fish we keep on the boat folks there's a lot of fish that we catch and and turn back whether they be you know halibut that are smaller than we want or undersized salmon or rockfish that most of which you can't keep or in the case today a a sawtooth flounder which can best be described as a uh, big flounder spawned by hades but (laughs) it's all fun because you're just reeling and stuff all the time out here not only that I mean, the scenery is incredible. There's lots of wildlife. We saw whales in the distance today. We saw, or I should say, you saw whales yesterday. And those were orcas, orcas. weren't they? There yeah. were orcas out rounding up the bait fish and everything. And, and they've been here most of the year so far. We've seen them. Saw a couple of bears as well on land. And last night, my daughter and I just fishing off the dock. Saw some deer, too. So, you know, it's just beautiful out here. Not to mention the eagles that are always flying over, hoping that a deckhand's going to throw something their way. So it's just beautiful, beautiful scenery out here. Unspoiled wilderness and an unspoiled place to fish. Now, pretty soon, we're going to be heading to the salmon grounds. And I want to talk about the way we fish here. Because a lot of folks, when they go salmon fishing, they're trolling. And they're using downriggers and that sort of thing. We're going really old school. We're mooching for salmon. And I understand, you know a little bit about the history of this technique. Well, I was looking at it and reading about it and looking it up, and there's kind of two stories that go along with it. One was the uh, fishermen would come in from town, and they'd have a, a good catch of salmon. 
and the people would come and they would sit there and mooch at them, mooch at them, holler at them, tell me what you're doing, give me your bait. <laughs> and so they, they came up with the term mooching. And the other story was that the uh, Chinese were here working on the railroad, and then they would fish off the pier. They actually came up with the term that they started calling all the people coming up and messing with them, moochers. And that's why they ended up calling it mooching. That's funny. Now, did this technique originate in San Francisco or Washington State, Puget Sound? I mean, it is a West Coast kind of Northwest technique, isn't it? It is. And, and what I found out or what I researched, it happened around Washington, Seattle area, I guess. And, I mean, there are still folks who mooch for their salmon in the Sound. Uh, but most folks, they're using downrigs and all this. But I love mooching because it's so hands-on and everybody gets involved in the action yes you want you want this bait to be spinning and the key to keep it spinning is to keep reeling so you drop it down and you reel drop it down you reel pause a second you reel you pause a second and you reel and you just work the bait all the way through the water column from about whatever wherever they see the fish marking and you bring it up to the surface and drop it back down again and do it again now, as a captain, when you're looking for where we're going to drop our lines, you know, you've got this big Garmin fish finder here, and you're looking for bait balls, aren't you? Bait balls or markings. If you see markings and stuff, you look at them, they're about 100 feet down, and you say, okay, we'll go down 100 feet. You work it back up. Right. So basically, you're just dropping it through, folks, and just reel, 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 three, four times, pause a sec, reel, 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 three, four times, pause a sec. And sometimes these salmon, especially the pinks, and sometimes the kings, they'll follow it right up to the surface. And what is an angler supposed to do if that happens? You just drop it back down about 15 feet or so, and bam, they'll come back and get you. It's amazing how often that happened. Last year, that happened a lot. I would say about half the time we did that, you hooked up as soon as it dropped that 15-foot mark or that first reel, reel, reel right after the 15-foot mark. It's a deadly effective way of fishing. And and the great thing is, is you don't need any experience because the reels are set up that, you know, you know how far to let them drop based on how much line goes off the reel. So you're telling them, you know, okay, go down 10, which is basically, you know, you count one side of the reel, the other, that's one, and then two, and then three. And once it's 10, you just stop pause and then reel 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 and anybody can do it it's easy and it's all hands-on it makes everybody involved and everybody has a good time with it and they'll sit there and say oh fish on you know something else i love about this is the fact you really get to know the people you fish with and and i love the fact that we're fishing together whether it's a three-day package or four-day package same captain same deckhand same passengers we've never met you know our co-anglers before marcy and mark and terry and todd but my daughter faith and i are, are really enjoying their company and you know one of them marcy hasn't done a whole lot of fishing but she's having a great day today isn't she yeah man, she's already brought in a nice halibut yeah, she certainly did bring in a nice halibut and a true cod, too. Right. And and that's the way it goes. You know, you sit on a spot, and it slowed down for us a little bit now, but, you know, we're still looking for one more. And one last thing I want to just reiterate again, folks, if you like the idea of fishing or if you have a spouse or a partner maybe who is not a non-fisher person but has a desire to go, this is really a great outing for them because literally no experience is required to succeed. None whatsoever. And you find out that sometimes the most inexperienced, they listen better. I know. I know. All of the rest of us have bad habits. We think we know what we're doing. <laughs> and, and, you can, and it's easy. It's easy. It's pretty easy. And anybody can do it. 
Well, there you go, folks. Uh, just another reason to come on out here and go fishing in Alaska. It's just a lot of fun. You're going to catch some fish. You're going to bring home a lot of fish, too. And the place to find out more is the website, alaskasbestlodge.com. Book your stay for next year at Sportsman's Cove Lodge on Prince of Wales Island in Alaska. You know, I hate to go today, but I got to admit, I am looking forward to that scenic float plane ride back to catch again. I always love getting a ride in those otters or those beavers. It's a ton of fun. Yes, it is. And you can see all sorts of things. I mean, you even can catch some uh, bighorn sheep. I've seen them before coming up over on the Ketchikan. I'll keep my eye out for that. That would be a new one. Well, Captain Brian, thanks again for a wonderful few days of fishing with you. Hope to see you again next year. It was our pleasure, and I hope to be back to see you again next year. I hope you've enjoyed our trip to Sportsman's Cove Lodge. I know my daughter Faith and I sure did. We always have such a wonderful time here and love making the memories that we do every time we go. If you are looking for a very special place to go fishing where you're going to be treated like an absolute king or queen with genuine hospitality and fantastic food and comfortable accommodations and great fishing too the place to go sportsman's cove lodge and the website to go to is alaskasbestlodge.com now is the time to book if you want to go fishing for salmon for halibut for true cod lingcod and more until next time here's hoping you are healthy you are blessed and that you get to enjoy some adventures as well after all it is your country and your outdoors so get out there and enjoy it